0: well hello everyone welcome to freedom international live stream so it's been almost two years and it can be very tiring but we gotta get we gotta keep on going be together even from a distance because we need that strength with each other. So because there's a lot of things that we need to do. And so even if it's difficult, here we are. So we, we, I'd like to start again by saying thank you to everyone. Thank you for all the sources and the resources and all the connections that all of you have shared to us. And especially thank you to all our guests. And today we have Dr. Brian Artis. And so when you research his name, you can just instantly find any any of that youtube uh, not youtube but any of the video interviews or fr- any of the audio interviews articles and there you would know who dr brian Artis is but he's an ordinary person with extraordinary dedication and commitment to help us understand and go through this situation so he's a father he's a doctor he's a business he's a man he's an entrepreneur and he's a really good resource if you're still afraid or you're still thinking or wondering what is going on for the last two years. So let me just go straight and ask him to just, you know, Dr. Artis, tell us about your new project of your website so that people can just go straight to that after this podcast.
1: Sure. So over the last few months, thanks for having me back on or onto this this platform, I actually say this nonstop. It doesn't matter how big your audience is. It doesn't matter where in the world they are. They all need to know this message and what, and I'm trying to convey as much hope and warning as possible to as many as possible. So thank you. Uh, The Dr. Artist show has been revamped. The entire site has been changed over a week ago, and we actually changed the entire back end to support the load we have had from around the world of subscribers to the drartistshow.com. We're averaging sometimes 8,000 subscribers an hour. Uh, over the last several months, which is phenomenal, but it was shutting down our site because it couldn't handle the load uh, with Shopify being our back end. So we actually took Shopify away and we actually brought on Big Commerce, which handles all the big names Target, Walmart. We got them to handle our, our back end because it was so big and so needed. So the Dr. Artist Show now has been revamped because I've been getting at least 1,500 emails every week that I have actually been responding to. And those questions are primarily. I've been treated in hospitals i haven't recovered my loved ones in a hospital how do i get them out how do i change the treatment protocols how do i advocate for them what do i do now i got the shot but now i'm sick i haven't recovered what do i do and i've constantly been emailing all of these people so what i did is i took like the top 20 topics of people's requests to me for information or for information documentation religious exemptions medical exemptions we've got we've got organizations that help us patient advocacy groups there is now a resources page when you go to the dr and you put in your email you get access to this resources tab and when you click it it has tabbed tons of buttons with titles for example uh i survived the icu what now yeah. <laughs> i i had covid and i still haven't fully recovered a year later what do i do i actually tell you how to heal those things i've been vaccinated how do you fix it this is what you're going to do my disease prevention cocktails there All the documentation that I talk about from the FDA with their known side effects of the shots before they ever started pushing them on the masses, uh, all that's on there. Every document from Pfizer, FDA that I keep pumping out for the last year and a half, those are now available to you. You can download them all. There's videos there to explain to you how to advocate for your loved ones in hospitals. I even have videos now I've just added in the last two weeks with doctors like Dr. Richard Bartlett out of Odessa, Texas, who actually takes a patient through and a loved one through and a pulmonologist in a hospital through how to get someone who's being vented because they were poisoned with remdesivir in the ICU, how to take that person who is vented, who the family members are being told they're going to die. He actually tells you how he has saved loved ones and patients around the country by taking budesonide Respules, putting it in the ventilator and doing treatments every few hours and getting these people out of the hospital within just a few days. So- and he calls out all the pulmonologists on all their lies, every attending medical doctor and ICUs of hospitals who are lying to their patients. He cries out, shame on all of you. You know, you can do this and this is how you do it and how he's successfully done it. So those resources live at the dr We're about to add another resource. We are going to actually be putting in an entire article here in the next day or two of how to actually get your legislatures in your state to push against The requested vaccine mandates for all children in this country so it's going to be pushing legislation what your comments need to be who you're going to focus them to in your state that's going to be going up on our site uh, in the next 24 to 48 hours i will have that on there as a resource because most people don't know what to do and i'm Mm. gonna my goal is to be a resource for you to protect as many people and preserve as many lives as possible including our children so that's what the dr artist show now represents was it intended to be that from the beginning no but uh, i decided i will be that guy because a lot of people are trusting me and what i'm conveying so great
0: that's perfect fantastic so in your how about for you have you been rejected in any restaurant because you couldn't come in or any facility how is that for you because that's happening to most of us
1: yeah yeah thank goodness i'm in texas no that hasn't happened yet
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone might be moving there. You know, and them.
1: I will just tell you, I'll just go ahead and say this. If any restaurant ever said that to you or a loved one, you should tell everyone you love and everyone you're friends with to stop going to that restaurant. Nothing hurts a business more than their pocketbook. And if they're discriminating against you, I think there's lots of groups here in America and people who have issues with being discriminated against. You have bodily autonomy. You have every right to choose what goes into your body. And if you're being uh, resisted the opportunity to participate in business opportunities or money transactions in a business, I don't care if it's a pharmacy. I don't care if it's target. I don't care if it's Walmart. I don't care if it's Amazon. I don't care if anybody's discriminating against other groups, take your money somewhere else and then tell everyone else. These people are mistreating me and destroy the respect of that uh, institution or that organization. That'll get their attention.
0: Um, Someone who lives in New York had this bright idea also that he said, if you're in the restaurant and they they, uh, whoever is in the front tells you, asks you for your card, how about you ask them, do you have immigration card for all your workers? So I said, ah, that's another thing, you know, because you're in the city where a lot of people are... You know having their um workers also not legitimately have that having that employee card so then it becomes like a discrimination against another discrimination so um we are really in in this massive re-evolution i call it as a re-evolution so for those who who is still like struggling dr art is like they, they will only act when they are not feeling well. And yet, when they're feeling well, what is the best thing that they have to have at home?
1: So for prevention or prophylaxis against worry or concern of a, a new Delta variant or Mu variant, is that what you're asking? Mm-hmm. What can people do at home? Yeah, this is easy. Ready? Here we go. Number one, everybody needs to be taking three, sorry, four things I will tell you every day that you can do at home, all of you, everybody across the entire world. And I'll give you the doses. If you actually go to thedrartishow.com and you go put in your email and go to the resources page and click Disease Prevention Cocktail, that explains what I'm about to tell you. So you can download it. It also has dosages for children, teenagers, and adults. And then all the research backing up these four things that I'm going to mention. It's vitamin C at 5,000 milligrams every day. Magnesium at 500 milligrams minimum. Selenium at 200 micrograms minimum. And then zinc at 100 milligrams is what I I recommend. Nothing stops viruses from replicating inside of cells more than zinc does by itself. So everyone needs to be supplementing zinc every day, every day. Those are the four things everybody needs to be doing at home. Now, I just also want to share a resource that is not mine. But if you go to C19C19Early.com, it's just a one-page site, but it gets updated regularly. On that site, you know what's the biggest concern about people being worried about getting COVID? Why would people want to do stuff at home to prevent them from getting COVID? What's the biggest fear around getting COVID? It's death, right? Dying from COVID-19. They've all been told they're going to die. But they're not. COVID 19 is not deadly, but they keep telling you it is. So it's created this fear and panic that people don't want to get COVID 19. All right. So if you go to this C19early.com page, the third graph on that page, it is all mortality rates of treatments you can do at home or in hospitals to treat for COVID 19. And it is the most successful life saving treatments ranked in order. The second one right now on the list has an 88% survival rate. Remdesivir is on that list, which is the hospital protocol mandated killing drug in hospitals right now that I've been talking about for a year and a half. It ranks 19% survival rate. Okay. The, the one at the the second one listed is povidone iodine.
2: Hmm.
1: And povidone iodine has an 88% survival rate against COVID-19 in hospitalized patient in the, in hospitalized patients in this study referenced and and if you look to the right of each of the treatment options, it tells you how much it costs. Remdesivir at 19% survival rate, $3,200 for a treatment in hospitals. Uh, This povidone iodine that you can get at any CVS, Walgreens, Walmart, health food store, it's a buck, $1 and it has an 88% survival rate. So what do you do with this povidone iodine? Uh, You go to a pharmacy, CVS, Walgreens, Amazon, order it and have it at home. And it's so proven that with just one treatment a day was the average these hospitalized patients used. They did a nasal spray with povidone iodine diluted in water, and then they gargled povidone iodine once a day, and it had an 88% survival rate. Now, what's interesting is just the last two days, this site was updated to include one that even has a 1% better reported survival rate than povidone iodine, which cost a dollar. And if you're looking at it right now, it is a drug that's actually being approved by Merck. And what's interesting about this drug, if you're looking at the chart, it says the average cost is 700 bucks. Now, this is a brand new, never used drug before being created right now. It's actually almost identical to ivermectin. And Merck owns and created ivermectin, but they've created this new oral pill for COVID-19 treatment that costs $700 when it only has a 1% better rate than povidone iodine for a buck. Well, I'm gonna tell all of you. Do a povidone iodine nasal wash and gargle once or twice a day. Nothing's proven better to kill off the viruses of this respiratory virus that sits in your nose and in your mouth in your respiratory pathways, better than povidone iodine. He might be holding it in his hand right there. But anyway, just do a nasal spray with that and then gargle it once a day, twice a day. And I'll tell you what my sore throat gargle has been for 15 years in practice now. I've actually told every patient this every time uh, strep throat season, flu, flu season came around, pneumonia season, whenever they start getting their scratchy throat, this is actually what I told them. I had a sore throat gargle recipe. I handed them every day in practice. And it was this povidone iodine four drops, four, in 12 ounces of water with a tablespoon of sea salt poured in it and a tablespoon of hydrogen peroxide and gargle it every 10 minutes and you'll kill the entire symptoms within 24 to 48 hours. So when when you see now that povidone iodine has had a research study proving its effectiveness to clear out this virus, it's good against bacteria, it's great against viruses. Do that at home and combine that with your vitamin C, magnesium, zinc, and selenium. Uh, I can't think of anything more powerful than doing that combination of those five things. And they're all super cheap. None of them cost as much as remdesivir. That's going to kill 30% of all of you in a hospital. This oral drug created by Merck, the trial research, says it has an 89% success rate. The mechanism of action is identical to ivermectin. But even on this mortality rate chart, you'll see ivermectin is only boasting like a 55% survival rate in hospitals
0: povidone iodine
1: 88 you can't beat it rock and roll and,
0: and it's available around the world and oh, uh,
1: oh, oh do need to touch on something uh for 15 years i've been recommending povidone iodine and people 15 years ago would start going into pharmacies and looking for it because it's over the counter and then they stopped being able to find it over the counter and they would call my office and go dr artist said that you could get it over the counter and then i found out you know meth is a big deal around this country. Lots of people like cooking meth. Did you know povidone iodine is a ingredient inside of making meth? So what they started doing was restricting it from being sitting on the counter where you can just walk in and buy it. It is still over the counter. You don't need a prescription, but I'm just gonna lay this out for you. If you go into looking for povidone iodine in a store or a pharmacy and you don't, you don't find it over the counter, just go to the pharmacist and ask for it. They've got it behind the counter. You just have to show them your driver's license because they're tracking how many people are buying how much povidone iodine because maybe they're meth heads. So just go show them your driver's license. They'll scan your license and then give you a five to $7 bottle of povidone iodine, the entire bottle. It's like this big. I have bottles in each of my homes. I have two homes. Each of them have a bottle of this. I've had those same bottles for over 10 years. That's how long it lasts, just so you know. It'll last a long time, average cost a buck. This is just to help you.
0: Very true. And when I was still working in ICU, doctor of artists, at one point, they restricted us really from using a lot of the povidine. It wasn't as much available. But when I get it, it's one of my favorite things that I mix when I have to wash my ICU patient, I mix it in the bath and then they'll all be smelling good and they won't, at least they won't be high risk for any sore. but that's one of my favorite, that hydrogen peroxide, which they limit also. Love it. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, so thank you so much. And I know that you're gonna take us to the dungeon when we deep dive, but I know you also have the power to take take us out of the dungeon and we started like that. So I'll pass it on to Roy.
3: Thanks, Chris. Hi, Brian. Uh, I love what uh, I love what you're doing. I think it's badly needed because there's a lot of people out there, and they're kind of complaining of everything that's going on, but not given solutions. And I know you're friends with Thomas Rents, who we've had on the show, and he's another guy that I feel I can trust. But with the circle that are out there, kind of so-called helping us, we've noticed that a lot of them, we think they're actually part of the bad boys. What's your thoughts on that? Uh,
1: There's been lots of rumors around certain individuals in the circles that we run in that could be actually working both sides. Uh, But I tell you, even when I've been rumored that there are certain ones and I won't mention their names here. If you just listen to their messaging, I don't care if it's being recorded or broadcasting. If what they're saying is what I'm saying and what the others are saying that are like minded, I don't mind the message. So as long as they're presenting the same message, which is this, COVID-19 is not deadly. Early treatment is always better, and it's better than what's going on in hospitals. And the vaccine safety has not been proven at all. These are not ha- these have not been proven or shown even currently to be safe and effective against COVID-19 or any of its variants. If they're saying that message, I'm okay with them saying it. Whatever their intent is at being at the event or being up on stage with me, I don't mind. And I just sit there and listen. Even this last Saturday, it's been rumored, one of the people on the stage with me on a live broadcast to the masses, I actually sat on a panel and I kept looking at him and I was waiting to see if he would say anything contrary to what we were saying. And he didn't. But it's been rumored he's been working both sides. But I didn't hear it. So as long as the people are hearing the same message, I'm okay. So otherwise, it's just a rumor to me. But the moment I hear anything of the alternative... It's game over. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say something real quick if you don't mind. I don't know how many people this goes to. But next Wednesday, October 20th, next Wednesday morning, 9 to 10 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. So 10 to 11 Eastern Time, live for an hour. I'm super excited to actually be able to have on the Dr. Artist Show on TV live. Go to TV live. Please put it on your calendar next Wednesday morning, nine to 10 central standard time. It is yours truly, Dr. Brian Artis, and Dr. Peter McCullough is going to be in studio with me and we're going to do a show together. And uh, he is so excited to come in uh, to come into the studio. He confirmed for me last Saturday. He said, I can come on. I can come in your studio on Wednesday morning, October 20th. Uh, these are probably, I, I mean, I know my face is being seen. Peter McCullough every morning texts me and says, keep the heat on. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Go keep. And he'll send me stuff to reference and continue pushing. But uh, he says it's making a huge difference in the fight. So I appreciate that, Peter. And I'm so excited to be able to have him in studio, him and I mano a mano, because he's probably the other face uh, that's probably seen as much or more than me. And uh, he's even been trusted enough to be on Fox news several times, at least, which is national media. And uh, anyway, am very excited. Everybody should tune in for that because, I have a large plan to educate and inspire as many people as possible with those two faces. I think a lot of people will be excited about that. Excellent. No,
3: brilliant. Yeah, make sure we'll tune in. Um a lot of people Dr.
1: McCullough, by the way, per your question there, Roy. Yeah.
3: So there's a lot of people that are um like they're worried about what's going on. They, like the fair no is going to the hospital. I mean I learned a long time ago how much corruption was in the hospitals, you know, just through operations and stuff like that and I was like why are they doing this? And I've heard your story about your sister uh when I think you were in your early 20s. Like what should people do now? Cuz now you're not allowed going to the hospital and unfortunately also people are getting like stage 4 cancer and stuff and they're told don't come in until it's too late. But like what would you advise people to do? Because every single person has a fair no of going there to hospital.
1: Yeah, I'll just say right now, if if you don't have something broken, like a broken bone, <laughs> if you don't have a bullet inside of you or an arrow sticking out of your body that requires life-saving emergency room care, that is the only reason right now that any American should be going into a hospital. is if they have a big old gashing wound. They've been in a car wreck. Something's broken. Some body parts barely hanging on the life-saving emergency room care of our American healthcare system is the only one I trust right now. So if it's any other reason, if you've got cancer, you're not dying tomorrow. Don't go there. You're, you're you've been living with cancer for years. So just hold on. There is no rush for you to go there. Chemo and radiation poisoning is not beneficial and you don't need to get that in a hurry. Uh, If you got COVID-19, I've said it from day one, stay away from the hospitals. There are early treatment options and there are groups of people at home who can protect you. Please listen to me. The message has always been the same. I'll ask this panel here of three other people. What is the mortality rate for SARS-CoV-2 for the entire world's population that has been infected? What's the death rate percentage-wise?
2: Well, it's between 99.4 and 99.998 survivable. So it's the inverse of that.
1: So it is less than 1% of the entire world that's got COVID-19 is going to die. Do you know what 99% of all the other people that really did die in that 1% group, do you know what they all had in common? They were in hospitals being poisoned to death. The rest of them all stayed home. So if the death percentage and mortality rate of the infection or the virus that has gone around the entire planet infected seven billion people if less than one percent of all of them died why would you want to go into a hospital to be treated with a drug that has a death rate higher than the one percent infections death rate it makes zero sense whatsoever do not go to the hospitals they're going to lie to you They are going to kidnap your loved one. They're not going to allow family members to come in. They're going to put them on remdesivir. They're going to shut down their kidneys with remdesivir, pump them full of IV fluids that are going to, when you shut down the kidneys, now their body's going to retain the water and they're going to flood that individual's water, sorry, their lungs with water and drown them to death with what's called pulmonary edema. And then they're going to say the solution is to vent this individual. And then over the next five to 10 days, they're going to say your patient's not going to make it, your loved one's not going to make it, they're going to die. 30% of all people treated 65 years and older. 65 years and older in America. 30% of all of them treated have died from remdesivir poisoning, being treated with remdesivir. However, less than 1% of the entire world dies from this SARS-CoV-2 infection. It's not dangerous. They're selling you on the idea that you can't live. And I want to tell all of you, I know that all of you have experienced at some point in your life, most likely the flu or pneumonia-like symptoms. And there's a couple days, like day three, four, and five of the flu, where you feel like you're going to die. I mean, your whole body aches. You don't want to move. You don't want anybody touching you. But you didn't die. But you feel like it for a couple days. They have scared you enough to believe that if there's a moment where you think your life's going to, it's not going to be extended for another couple days, they've got you convinced you have to go to a hospital. You don't. Give yourself those nutrients I told you. Use the things at home that you can do to present and prevent and boost your immune system. Make sure you're taking your zinc every day, every day, and doing these preventative measures. Your likelihood of survival goes way up by the tens of thousands percent if you just stay home versus going into hospital. Does that sum it up good enough for you?
3: Perfect. Yeah, excellent. And when you are unfortunately like some let, let's say somebody is in the hospital is would you is there like a, some sort of document or something that you can get the doctor or the nurses to make them personally liable because i know if you're going after the medical institute is too big even probably going after the hospital they've got too much money behind them but can you go after the doctor or the nurse
1: yep there's actually several scenarios where you can do that so if you go to the i mentioned the resource page there's actually at the top of that page It's called how to patient advocate for your loved ones or yourself. What you need to know before you go up there, because you can actually demand things be documented in your medical chart. For example, you can say this uh, if you're going to treat me because I can't breathe. I feel like I'm dying. I'm going against what Dr. Artis said. I still feel like I need to go to a hospital. If you walk in there, you need to say something. You need to say, I already watched Dr. Artis' video. Remdesivir is dangerous. I've seen the studies. You are not to treat me with remdesivir and I want you to document it in my medical record. Inside of the patient advocacy resource page on my site, I actually have Thomas's Wren's interview with me. And he actually tells you what legal recourses you have if you tell them to document that. You can actually charge the hospital with battery if they give you Remdesivir and they noted in your chart that you told them no. In fact, it goes for anything. If you go in there and say you are not to do that and then they still do it, you can file battery charges, get to call the police, have them file battery charges. And then he talks about how to get temporary restraining orders for anything they're doing in the hospitals to you that you don't want. And very important for all of you. It has been common standard procedure in all hospitals around the country for decades. A part of the intake forms for everybody being, go, being admitted into a hospital, there's always been power of attorney forms on behalf of the patient. They now are telling you they don't have those forms when you go there. They are actually telling everybody, Those forms don't exist. We can't sign power of attorney forms here. No, they've always been there. But they're telling you now that those don't exist. So now these people that show up are like, I need to sign a power of attorney. I'm going to make decisions on behalf of him if something happens or he goes unconscious or you kill him or you're killing him in the hospital. They are flat out telling you those forms don't exist. And now what is the lay person going to do? They're going to go, oh, I thought those do exist. No, they do exist. And on our actual website, we have a resource page called powerofattorney.com. It's how you can download the form, fill it out before you even go up there. They're all lying to you. There's evil agendas, medical kidnapping, as I call it, in hospitals. You need to be armed. And then there's a couple charts you need to take with you. When you say, I don't want remdesivir and I want ivermectin treatment, and they say, no, it's not approved, ivermectin. there's a chart from the NIH.gov right now that's still on their site that as of July 8th, 2021, they actually have ivermectin listed as a just as approved and under evaluation of treatment of COVID-19 as remdesivir. So you have to show them that chart and go, don't lie to me, ivermectin is approved by the NIH, at least here. And here's the doses. It has it listed on the chart, how to treat you with ivermectin in a hospital for COVID-19. It tells you the doses. So tell them to stop lying to me. And then there's a resource from cms.gov. Would it, would, it should be disgusting to everyone watching this, that could you imagine that the Medicare group federal medicare organization centers for medicare medicaid services can you believe they're actually bribing all hospitals to choose remdesivir for all medicare patients in this country to be treated with with a 20 percent bonus payout if they'll just pick these remdesivir treatment codes to file with medicare uh instead of choosing something else like ivermectin that's on the nih's approved list So you need to have these documents ready. You need to take them with you. They're all on the DrArtishow.com if you don't want to go look them up yourself. But I'm trying to give you ammo that when you walk in, you can say, no, you're going to use, you're going to reference this chart on how to use ivermectin. It's approved by the NIH. Don't lie to me. And then you need to give them that cms.gov paper memo to all hospitals that they're bribing hospitals with. And you need to tell the hospitals and the attending doctors and your charge nurse that your life or your loved one's life is not for sale. Because that's what they're doing. They're bribing hospitals to incentivize them to choose a dangerous drug. You just saw the C-19 early treatment uh, paper or page. It tells you remdesivir has a 19% survival rate. That's not very good. 19%. Ivermectin has a 55%. I'm just telling you, that's 30% better than the other one, according to the research studies. So you can demand something better. Uh, I think it's still safer and better to stay home. Just so you
3: know. Just, just on that as well. Like with the kickbacks, I mean, they're doing that all the time. And in Ireland, we've got all the pharmaceutical companies because it's supposed to be like a twelve and a half percent corporate corporation tax, but which they all there's a loophole. They don't pay out. There's like a double tax treaty between Holland. The way they go around it. But when I was investigating, because I've written a book on the thing. I haven't released it, but it was I was talking to a top consultant about the kickbacks. And we've got all of them in Ireland. The whole lot of them are in there. Mark Pfizer's, Johnson & Johnson, they're all there. And which ones don't do kickbacks? They all do. You know, so everything. And that's, it's going on for everything. So, like, what you just mentioned should make people sick, but they should realize that every single thing is like that. It's a complete kickback system. You know, it's designed to keep you sick forever. like.
1: Yeah, these documents are making you aware that they don't mind lying to you. And they don't mind taking bribes from other groups when they treat you or your loved ones Uh, there's been a huge distrust created throughout this entire pandemic for about half of all of americans Uh, if it's more than that that's great but finally some of the corruptness behind this entire healthcare system is disturbing enough to tons of medical doctors who have been representing those organizations for years working on their behalf being licensed by them and then tons of nurse practitioners and nurses who are just walking out or being fired because they cannot believe their actual trusted licensing agencies like the American Medical Association and their boards in their states and then these pharmaceutical industries the federal health agencies it's very obvious to a lot of them that it's way more corrupt than they even realized
3: with like the FDA I mean we know that's corrupt CDC we know it's corrupt World Health Organization is there any initiative to set up something that is outside of the, the bad boys club.
1: Oh, yeah. There's actually huge groups of us who are working behind the scenes to create an entirely independent healthcare system right now in the United States. And I'm a part of that movement. So it's very exciting. Excellent. Yeah,
3: no, that's, that's great to hear. I don't know where they
1: are yet because uh, there's a bunch of them
3: yeah. well, no, but, uh,
1: the licenses if they know we're suggesting this stuff, but it's happening. Trust me, it's happening.
3: Ireland And with the hospitals, is there any, even a small one, is there any that are like against the narrative and they're actually doing the right thing? Is there any in the States that are smaller? There are
1: some in the States that I can just acknowledge are open. once we do these ethics committees inside of hospitals to try to get them to change the protocols who have been more open than others. That doesn't mean I like them more. That just means (laughs) they're more open. I would consider them more safe than others. Uh, and i can only speak on some of the ones in texas that we work directly with but yes that is true
3: and when somebody is in the hospital are you allowed actually move if you realize that they're just totally there's no way you're getting what you want they know like you're telling them not is there a way that you can actually get them transferred to another hospital
1: Uh, this is a great question actually i don't know if you know this but once they vent someone especially if they do the trach vent versus through the mouth Uh, They're convincing a whole lot of people that they need to go from the mouth vent to the trach vent. One of the reasons why they're doing that is if you actually do the trach version versus the the mouth version, they consider that too risky for transfers. So hospitals are encouraging families of loved ones to stop, to, to reduce bacterial infections with the vent around the mouth. We need to move to the trach, just so you know. You can charge a whole lot of money to simply do this five-minute procedure to cut the trach open and stick the vent there instead. But then that protects them from having to transfer your loved one to another. They consider that too risky for transfer. And we're hearing that from hospitals who are willing to receive a patient from another hospital. And then they will ask, how are they vented? Is it by mouth or trach? If it's by trach, this is one way to keep them criminally kidnapped in a hospital. They already know this. They don't have to transfer them. It's already been noted too risky that it could damage parts of their airway during travel. So please say no when they try to convince you that the pneumonia that keeps recurring is because of the vent in the mouth. We need to do it in a trick. This is what they're telling loved ones. You need to allow us to do a trick vent. Nope. You keep it in the mouth. Actually, you should just get them off the vent and then you need to tell them to watch my Dr. Richard Bartlett video on my patient advocacy page. I have a whole 30 minute a little video where Richard Bartlett teaches docs and tells docs and explains to them like pulmonologists in hospitals, how to take someone who's been vented for COVID-19 from remdesivir poisoning and how to use budesonide respules in the closed vented system to get them off the vent successfully. And we've done it around the country already multiple times. So these are great resources for you. Once they're vented, it's not over. As long as they'll use budesonide, there's a chance you can help them survive. We've already done it multiple times.
3: No, brilliant. And just finally, before I pass you over to Steve, I've heard you talking uh, on another show about cults, because we everybody knows about religious cults, but now we've got a poli- political cults, and you've kind of studied that. You might kind of just talk about a bit on that, because I think it was very interesting.
1: Yeah. Right, here we go. Here's a great reference for you. It's right behind me, conveniently. Look at this book. Freedom of Mind by Steve Hassan. Look at that. It actually says... America's leading cult expert. See that down there at the bottom. Okay, so page four. I love this page four. I've quoted this many times. I only had to get into the fourth page to go. Oh no, we're in trouble. Like ten months ago. <laughs> All right. So he defines what a political cult is. Political cults are often dictatorships, brutal, repressive regime regimes that imprison or kill critics and descendants. Two things they have to do to be successful and dominate their actual citizens. They control the press and they prevent free assembly and elections that might check their power. What have they been doing since early 2020? They've been controlling the entire press, censoring any other narrative, and then preventing free assembly with lockdowns. This is how political cults function. Uh, Not me. I didn't say it. I'm not a cult expert. I just read cult experts books. Freedom of mind. So I read these books actually to try to determine. I knew I was going to be in the media a lot. I wanted to know how can I actually convey a message Uh, and how do these cult experts say that loved ones trying to rescue someone who's in a religious or political cult or commercial or therapeutic cult? Those are the four types. How do you successfully get them messaging that will resonate with them beyond the brainwashing to get them to know that you love them, care about them? And uh, if you've seen a lot of my media interviews and my on-stage interviews, I actually will say out loud the only reason why I'm doing this is because I love you. You know why I say that? Because Steve Hassan said your message has to come from a, a love or kindness or caring message. It can't be angry. It can't be littling of the people who are stuck in the cult. They don't know they're even in it. So you can, you to be successful, you have to come from a place of love and kindness. Or it never works if you come with or anger, anger belittlement judgment he says it actually forces them deeper into the cult and separates them further from you that's a part of that cognitive dissonance so i just want you to know uh cults usually have a brainwashing horrible outcome agenda in mind they're just wanting to control you they have used every tactic Our federal government, at least here in America and around the world globally, they have been using every successful tactic that every successful, destructive cult leaders ever used to control the minds and hearts and their actions of the people following them. And not unlike Applegate, not unlike Jim Jones, they so severely brainwash you and remove your common logic and reasoning that they can get you to volunteer on your own to do things that are harmful or even deadly to yourselves. They have these people so convinced, just drink my Kool-Aid. He didn't even give it to him. Jim Jones, in his case, he's like, look, it's going to be best that we all just kill ourselves right now. Just drink this Kool-Aid. And they all did. Look what they did with this vaccine. They're doing it still. It doesn't matter what data proves that this vaccine is not safe and effective you can actually publish all data of, of Israel it's 98 vaccinated in in the world of worlds of all countries 247 countries in the world they have the highest vaccine rate and then they started booster shots in August 1st they right now having now had three shots to the majority of their population and no other countries even close to these statistics they now have more COVID cases than they ever did during the pandemic And they now have more hospitalized COVID-19 victims in their country than they ever did at the highest peak in the pandemic. These things are not proven safe and effective, yet you still are able to convince a majority of Americans through bribery, through coercion, through fear mongering, and now through threatening their livelihoods with their job or being able to go to college or school or being able to travel. They're still going to find any way of coercing you, traumatizing you to believe you need this shot. It's all evil. It's all cult like. Uh, we should all have the freedoms of choice, especially when it comes to our own uh, bodily economy. Yeah,
3: excellent. And I'm sorry, but uh, I'm just going to turn another one because it's important. A load of my friends. I'm not sure why, but they went away and they got the vax. And even my eldest daughter, despite me telling her, she basically just stopped telling me this stuff because she you know, just doesn't get it, doesn't get all the stuff that I'm doing, and there's nothing I can do. Like, I don't throw in the towel with this. What can be done if they did get the vax?
1: Yeah, I actually created what's called the C19 Disease Prevention Cocktail specifically for people who got the COVID-19 shots and those who are being shed on or transmitted by those who were not vaccinated, but were around vaccinated people because it's a real thing. We already know this was proven. They already knew it back in 2019. The FDA did that. They knew how to actually get MRNA spike proteins from vaccinated people to transfer to other people that weren't vaccinated. So this isn't, this isn't hearsay. It's not controversy. There are people who are actually going along with the narrative and they have their own reasons. I do not judge you. If you got the shot, you have been lied to. You have been bullied You have been threatened with your livelihood. for those of you who have jobs that support a family, that if you don't get these shots, you now can't support your family. Do you really think that I think worse of you because you wanted to take care of your family? No. So some of you have actually done this unknowingly knowing that it was going to harm you. And there are many of you who write to me and ask me, I've gotten the jab, you have now remorse, or you have symptoms ever since. I actually created the disease prevention cocktail for you. So go to the thedoctorartistshow.com, put in your email, go to the resources page. And on this uh, disease prevention cocktail, there's also a link to a video I did called Healing Intel 3. It's a 30-minute show I did, and it was absolutely designated for one reason. Those who have actually survived COVID-19 and still have symptoms. Those who survived ICU treatments and went home, like remdesivir, they, support, they, they survived the poisoning. But they still have never fully recovered, and those who are vaccinated and have had injury and have symptoms ever since. I created a video that goes through the five organs most damaged by these treatments. And then how you know which one of those systems are your problem causing your symptoms. And then I tell you exactly how to heal it. And that actual video is specific. If it's a heart issue, a kidney issue, a lung issue, a brain issue, I tell you exactly what I would do to actually fix those scenarios. Every organ in the body can heal at different rates But the primary traumatized organs are the brain, the heart, the liver, and the kidneys. And I take you how to know which one of those organs is causing your symptoms that were damaged by these procedures or protocols or drugs or vaccines that they call. And I actually tell you how to fix it. Uh, And I tell you specifically on this show, I'm attempting to thwart their entire agenda, which is to uh, needlessly injure you, maim you, cause diseases, or even kill you. Uh, but particularly also to infertilize you or sterilize the entire world, at least a major part of it. Uh, that That's the only thing that explains their entire agenda of why they push these things, because they're super dangerous.
3: Brian, you give hope to humanity. Thank you very much. And now I'll pass it to Steve.
2: Thanks, guys. Um, <clears throat> Brian, well, just, I guess, to continue with that vein, uh, ultimately, do you, what do you know about the jab and if you, let's just say you've had two shots, does it does it get expelled out of the body? Is it forever? Do I mean, what do we know? Do we know anything about that? Does it fade away? Does it do, do we cleanse it naturally?
1: So do you know how long these shots have been injected into people?
2: Uh, I mean, before before this uh, pandemic?
1: No. How long have these COVID-19 shots been going? Uh, well,
2: since January 2020.
1: So, so these shots have been actually pushed on the masses starting December 14th, 2020. Uh, they've actually supposedly had some trials leading up to that for a few months. There are zero long-term studies on the effects of these shots. We don't have anything that even goes beyond a year and a half or two years now because we haven't been doing it that long. So we have no idea how long do these create disease processes for? How long does your body generate spike proteins from the actual mrna particles in the shots of pfizer and moderna which is what they're instructing your dna to do and we don't know how long the trans gene in the johnson and johnson shot does perpetuate making spike proteins in your dna all of the tech in these three shots in america and in the astrazeneca shot which is identical to johnson and johnson they all do the same exact thing the endpoint is getting inserted into your dna and making your dna then curl itself to look like a protein a, a spike protein on a coronavirus Mm. And that's not normal. That doesn't look like your normal DNA, genetic uh, genome. And so your. Well, body I mean, not
2: I mean, we know it's it's ninety nine point seven percent average mean survivable. So it's not <laughs> needed.
1: Yeah. Why would? Yeah. Why do we need this shot anyway? Right. Why do we need protection from something that kills less than one percent of all people, which is less than the flu, less than lightning strikes, less than.
2: Yeah, And the thing I like about you is I like to keep it simple the The injection doesn't stop infection shedding or spreading so yeah. every you know the 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 powers that shouldn't be get up and say we need to get everyone injected yeah right yeah, let me, let me uh, and everyone in a, everyone in there you know so here's the question: how does something that doesn't stop infection, shedding or spreading make anybody, any person, any restaurant, office or airplane? Protected.
1: Right. Yeah. Great question. So if it's if the vaccine which on their fact sheets printed and published by the FDA, <laughs> they actually print seven page fact sheets to accompany every shot going out to everybody getting them. on those fact sheets, it says for Pfizer, Moderna, the community FDA supposed applicable application, sorry, approved vaccine for America that's not even in America. So On all these fact sheets, it actually states these shots do not prevent you from getting COVID-19 infection, and they do not stop you from transmitting the infection to somebody else. It's only been proven or shown to decrease your risk of going to the hospital for COVID-19 infection. Now, I want to define this for you. It's only stating that it's 96% effective for the, for the Pfizer shot to reduce your risk of going to the hospital. That's what it is. Well, if that's what it's doing, that's called a treatment, not a vaccine. That's called, it's being used as a treatment for COVID-19 infection. Now, I just gave you the c19early.com page. I just want you to know, there's already other successful treatments for COVID-19. To keep you from being hospitalized ivermectin hydroxychloroquine and this povidone iodine thing i just gave you these things are treatments guess what those treatments are for to reduce your risk of hospitalization for an infection you don't need the shots the shots if they're just a treatment why are we signing up to go get it if it doesn't stop you from getting the infection and does not prevent you from transmitting it to others it's saying it's going to continue to spread the infection around the world these shots do they don't stop that from happening why are we pushing this on the entire world if it doesn't stop us from doing that? Ivermectin is proven to stop the disease process of COVID-19 in 63 studies in 48 hours or less. It's also proven to stop transmission even in a household of someone who has COVID-19. Ivermectin, 63 studies from 18 countries, proven that in 48 hours or less, it stops the transmission of COVID-19 even in households. That's better than what's printed for the FDA fact sheets on each of the vaccines. The vaccines can't even do that. Ivermectin can do it. So why are we even pushing the agenda? Now, let's do some more common sense real quick. I did this on stage the other day with Dr. Richard Bartlett. I said, Dr. Richard Bartlett, how long has the American pharmaceutical industry been around? And he goes, over 100 years. I said, great. How long has the American medical complex been around? He goes, "Uh, 100 years or so, a little bit over 100 years. I said, right. I said, okay. In the last 100 years, has the American medical complex or the American pharmaceutical industry, have they found a cure for the common cold virus? And he goes, "Uh, no. And I said, does the common cold still travel around the entire world every year? And he goes, yes. I said, even 100 years later? And he goes, yeah. I said, has the American medical complex and the American pharmaceutical industry, have they figured out how to eradicate cold viruses from the earth and he goes uh obviously not and I said Richard Bartlett what kind of virus is the cold virus the common cold virus and he goes with a mic it's a coronavirus and the audience went nuts and I went just like this really the common cold virus is going around the planet every year for millennia it's a coronavirus and he goes yeah and I said what do you think is the likelihood that in 120 plus years that these organizations have never found a cure to eradicate the com- common cold virus? What do you think are the chances that within seven months when this new cold virus has now been made aware of and found infecting the whole world, what do you think are the chances that when this these organizations in 100 years haven't figured it out, what do you think are the chances that Four different pharmaceutical drug companies, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and AstraZeneca. What do you think are the chances that now all of a sudden, all four of these in seven months found out a way to stop the spread of a common cold virus and eradicate it from the whole planet and their solutions need to be injected in everybody on the planet? I said, what do you think are the chances of that? And he goes, "Uh, obviously zero. And I said, yeah, so- uh, if they've never figured it out before, they definitely haven't figured it out now. You're being sold an idea to get a drug with some other agenda. They've still never found a cure for the common cold. Then I went like this. Now, Dr. Bartlett, is there even a vaccine for the common cold? And he goes, nope, those have never been proven safe or effective ever against the common cold. I said, right. So there's no vaccine agenda every year for the cold virus. I said, but there is a virus that seasonally every year goes around the world. And we have organizations like the CDC and the FDA telling the entire world they need to get vaccinated to stop the spread of this one virus. And I said, and Dr. Richard Bartlett, this vaccine agenda has been going on for 50 years. Has the American Medical Complex, the American pharmaceutical companies and our federal health agencies, have they figured out a way in 50 years of vaccine campaigns to eradicate the flu virus from the entire planet? And he goes, no. And I said,
2: really? Except for last year.
1: I said, really? They haven't figured that out yet? What's the chances they've done it now in seven months? And he goes, there is none. And I said, great. Use some common sense here. Don't be naive. It's never happened in history. They didn't figure it out in seven months. Uh, you're being sold an idea. This is deadly. Less than 1% of all people have died. Stay home. You're going to live.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, the flu is back. And there's now they're pushing the flu vaccine. So, um... Of course
1: they are. Oh, hey, and, and, You know, what's is, funny is,
2: um, you know, Michael Jordan in, in 96, well, let's go, let's just circle back to what you said. Coronavirus discovered by a, a female in the UK in 1962, the, the human strain, uh, the coronavirus is the common cold, as you said, discovered, the human form discovered in 1962. We've all had it. And, you know, everyone gets the flu. And Michael Jordan was playing in 1996, and the news was marveling how he was infected with the flu, but was still going to play, you know, for the championship game. So meanwhile, he's going to be close to people and interacting with a flu strain, a common cold strain that, you know, millions of people die from every year, but we just don't don't know about it. And, you know, I mean, it's just basically... People are, you know, in our circles, everything's inverted. Right. So there's 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 really never been a a, a, an emergency.
1: Nope, never. In fact, you've all been lied to, especially here in America by the CDC. They tell you every year, 30,000 to 60,000 people died in America from the flu. They flat out lied to you every year. I know of for the last 20 years. What they are giving you is information from what's called the CDC's morbidity and mortality report. They actually collect this one agency, all reasons why everybody died in America, and they publish a document each week, and then they combine them all in an annual report. Since I started printing that report in 2004 through 2010, it's like 170 pages. Every year I'd print it out, and I would hand it to my patients just for one reason. They'd ask me, Dr. Aris, do I need to get the flu shot this year? The elderly would ask me that. And I'd go like this. Well, why would you get the flu shot? <laughs> and they would go, well, my medical doctor told me I should. And I'd go, yeah, but why did he tell you you should? And he'd go, well, he told me 30,000 people died last year of the flu in America. And I'd go, well, did they? This is no joke what I would say. Well, did they? And he they would go, well, I don't know. That's what the news is saying also. I said, so you saw it in the news and your medical doctor told you? Yeah. Do you trust the news and your doctor? Yes. Okay, great. Can I show you? How many people died last year of the flu? And I would pull out that report and hand it to them. I never had to convince them otherwise. I just handed them the report and it had two dog-eared tabs sticking out on page 17 and on page 120 of this report every year. So what they do in the beginning of this report every year, this is how they deceive you. It's how they're doing it again. This isn't new to the CDC. They've lied to you every year about how many Americans are dying from the flu just to sell their flu shots. So what I would do is I would just hand this report to them, and I would go open the first tab, and the first tab would be directed to a section in the beginning of the report. The first part of the report is categorized diseases that cause death. For example, heart disease, and it would give you a total: three hundred fifty thousand people died. But it would show you in that category that that category include uh, plaques, uh, myocardial infarction, which a blood clot causing a heart attack, cardiac arrest, strokes. All of them are included in that one lump. A category, and then it would have respiratory illnesses causes of death, RSV, R- ARDS, uh, pneumonia, and the flu all together, and it would give you a number. And then when you go into the body of the report, it actually separates them all out. So the respiratory illnesses would be divided between respiratory syndrome (RSV), ARDS (acute respiratory distress syndrome) pneumonia and the flu and it would give you the actual numbers from 2004 to 2010 there was never a printed number higher than 242 people died of the flu in america
2: wow what uh, i always thought about that because everyone i had ards from a complication with my appendix and yeah. um, i almost died so i'm pretty familiar with it and i've actually learned subsequently that vitamin c intravenously dose would, oh, no, would make you. it go away um
1: so- so I just want you to know, I would just show this to people and I'd go like this. So how many people died in America of the flu? And they would go 240. <laughs> okay. So is that what your medical doctor told you? No. Okay. So your medical doctor lied to you. What did the news say? 30,000. Okay. Did the news lie to you? Yeah. Do you know where the news got their information? The CDC told them a number. What number did they give them? And they would go back to the first tab. And it was the collection of respiratory illnesses, the majority of which was always 95% of the total was pneumonia. Yeah. So then I would look at the patient as they were looking at the pneumonia numbers next to the flu numbers, the actual numbers. And I'd be like this. So of the two, the flu and pneumonia, which one of those two conditions do you think you should be vaccinated for? And they would go, I said, if any, and they would go, obviously pneumonia. And I'd go, great. Do you need the flu shot? Uh, no. All right. Good. So I didn't need to tell you that the CDC can tell you that. I just want you to know the CDC has been using this damn lie, yeah, skewing data and then lying to the media for at least the last twenty years. I'm aware of.
2: Well, that's a you know that's a good thing because I'm um, I'm often I always say that it's hard to get people to come out of their hypnosis because there's so many pieces to this tapestry. Yeah. Yeah, you need so many pixels to see the picture of sure. this diabolical inversion of everything. And um and then it gets what I wanted disgusting. to say. What's that?
1: And then it gets more disgusting. When I wanted to know, why are they lying to people? Why are they pushing these flu vaccines if people really aren't dying? And why are they giving this incorrect statistic yeah. to convince yeah. people to get it? Well, I was, I was wondering, low? when did
2: you when did you wake up? Because I know your father-in-law was murdered in 2020.
1: Oh, yeah. So, so I've already known about all this stuff for the last 20 years that these federal health agencies have been lying. I've just been doing it in person, one on one with families. I didn't think it was my job to convince the entire world you're being lied to. I was just going to present information sitting in front of me with my patients one on one. And I would just hand them the stuff and they'd come to their own conclusions like I did. Great. Yeah. So, so I just want you to, I I've, I've to talked about experience. my awakening
2: process. Is like you know it's like I saw one video on World Trade Center Seven when, in 2012, and that was it. I was totally asleep for that. But then you know one thing led to another, and I'm I'm like as I'm peeling layers of the onion off, I'm like ah oh, this can't be true, and I keep peeling, and I'm like it it not only is it true, but it gets worse, and it never got better.
1: Yeah. So it was shocking to Thomas Renz. Let me just tell you, Thomas Renz Files an injunction against the CDC because the CDC, he found documents in March 2020 that actually was allowing hospitals to get paid and incentivized that if someone came in, this was the stipulations from the CDC, they would say to all hospitals in March 2020, they put out a memo to all hospitals. If someone comes into the hospital and they test positive for the flu, but they test negative for pneumonia and they test negative with the PCR test for COVID-19, if you look at their address on their intake form and that person lives in a city where there's been positive COVID-19 cases, you can list that person as a positive COVID-19 case, even if they didn't test for, for test positive for COVID-19. You can actually l- like to code them as a COVID-19 case over the flu and we'll actually pay you 20% more for that Medicare actual bonus. Now, you have to understand, Thomas Renz and I are in the media. We're joined forces when he comes out with this. Just miraculously, we happen to have the same publicist working for us. And I'm listening to him, and he's talking about this shocking data. And then they turn to me on the same show, and they're like, so, Dr. Aris, what do you think about the CDC documents? And I went like this, ask me if I'm shocked. The CDC has been doing this for the last 20 years. They've been lying about data. So that even if they tested positive for the flu in hospitals, the CDC was saying, don't call it the flu. If it's negative for pneumonia and COVID-19, still call it COVID-19. This is no different than what they've been doing for years in the media. Everyone needs to get a flu shot. 30,000 people died of the flu. No, they didn't. They died of pneumonia.
2: But you- it's, it's hard. It's hard for people. I just sent like you, you have that uh, the NIH.gov. If you, if you type in the search, all you have to do is type in Table. 2E, hit enter, and then the list comes up and then click the first thing and then you come to the chart. That, but my point is, my, when I sent this thing out to, to highlight this, I said, don't let hospitals murder your family members, right? So, but for the person, I mean, there, there's a lot of people, I've been doing this a long time, so I know I'm the crazy guy, but my point is, you know, when you don't have the foundation of the, or the backstory to how this is possible, people are like, what is wrong with this guy? Like hospitals would never do that.
1: Yep. Yeah, for sure. Now people Mm -hmm. ask me all the time about this issue with COVID-19 vaccines. I have a lot of issues with the COVID-19 vaccine, obviously. So Mm. I'm always talking about it, trying to protect as many children as possible from these mandates coming out from everybody having to be forced to keep their job to get the shots. Uh, No, I have turned over enough data in the last three weeks to Senator Bob Hall in Texas to get the governor Abbott's attention. I'm not the only one, but there's a bunch of us. And on Monday night, he, he actually signed an executive order for Texas stating uh, it is illegal and banned mandated vaccines for any entities in Texas. Well, this I is huge. It. We've been pumping this crap out there. But Greg Abbott for the last year and a half has been supportive of mandating vaccines by private sectors in Texas. He even said it on Sunday before Monday when he actually signed the banned executive order. Now, this is great because on Saturday, me and Peter McCullough, We're on stage and actually had Senator Bob Hall with us. And I put up on the big screen Medicare data for Texas. How many people have died, been paralyzed, had heart disease, had heart attacks just within the 28 days getting the shots when it never existed in their medical history before they got the shots. And CMS data is not voluntary. It's medical reporting. So it was brilliant to get all this stuff to them in the last three weeks while they've been in a special session. We just have to try to protect these people.
2: So, on that on that note, the no matter I, no matter how much I know, we're all down the same rabbit holes. Uh, so nothing phases us, and we know nothing's supposed to work, and nothing's supposed to make sense um, by design. Is you know, is there any chance of public arrest? Is there any chance uh, that these legal channels are not going to get caught up, and there's going to be one good judge that does something, and that. A guy like Fauci or even, the, the, the you know, whoever his handlers are, are, you know, are going to be held accountable.
1: Yeah. So let's just look at some small wins, right? You get this supposed uh, approved application, not approved drug, approved application for the community Pfizer shot. What happened the next day? The two heads of the FDA who signed off on that approval, they stepped down and resigned. What happened last, not this Monday, the Monday before? Who stepped down from the NIH? Dr. Francis Collins. He's been the longest acting director of the National Institutes of Health for America through three presidencies. After two weeks of having exposed his lies about funding gain-of-function testing on coronaviruses in the Wuhan lab alone in China, within two weeks of his emails being exposed, what did he do? He resigns his post in the middle of a pandemic our national institutes of health in the middle of a pandemic. He actually steps down and resigns. This is Anthony Fauci's direct boss. Uh, And then we've got governor Greg Abbott, who signs this ban against mandated vaccines. There are small enough wins to notice some people are getting uncomfortable and we are trying to keep, keep the heat on legislatively with all of our lawmakers, all these federal heads. Are we going to go after them? Yeah, we are. Am I personally committed to finding every ICU doctor, every hospital administrator guilty of murder for all of these crimes in hospitals for the last year and a half in America. You better believe it. I hold all of you complicit in murdering hundreds of thousands of Americans for profit and greed.
2: That, And wow, I'm going to hold man. you
1: all accountable. That is my end.
2: That's what so I'm, there could be, you know, not only are there victories being had now and their heat is on, there could be Nuremberg type stuff, you know.
1: That's already started. But, yes, so in uh, in Germany, if you haven't seen the German Corona Committee Foundation, they have a thousand lawyers, 10,000 MDs. They're headed by a lawyer named Dr. Renier Fulmick.
2: I've mm. already
1: turned over all my data from the FDA and from uh, Anthony Fauci's known research studies supporting he knew these were going to be killing people on a mass scale. I turned all over that in a deposition to all their attorneys and their group like four months ago. But they've already started suing the World Health Organization for crimes against humanity. That that lawsuit's already started. They're in the middle of doing all that. And they're already wow. establishing the aspects of the Nuremberg 2.0 trial. So, yeah, they're determined. I'm determined. There's a bunch of us determined.
2: Wow. So um, time's ticking on. Just one thing, The I'm sort of going back to the jab There's a doctor, Zande Botha, out of South Africa. And um, she's been doing microscopy of blood for, I think, 20, 30 years. And uh, she said every single patient of hers that's had the injection has the same uh, weird thing going on in the blood. And uh, she also apparently, and I don't know if all this is true. I'm assuming it is. That she was able to get a vial of, or a semi empty vial of one of the uh, jabs from Johnson. And she put that under the microscope and she could see self assembling. They didn't say it was graphene oxide, uh, but, but it looked, it was like something that had in some weird sort of intelligence and it was growing and it had like a hexagon shape. And so not only was the blood destroyed, so I like from what you know, is every jab doing this to the blood, or that's or that's just one section of the blood and it's not that bad, or we don't know. And no. and and then and then I asked, Does this stuff leave your body? I mean, this stuff that was in the vial looked alive. It looked like it had, you know, and it was forming, um, it was growing, it was self-assembling. That's the word I was I forgot. So it was self-assembling. So it's like you know, I already asked you, does this leave the body? And we don't know, but it's like the blood's destroyed and there's all, we know there's autoimmune issues and people can't breathe. My girlfriend's brother, you know, he fell down at work. He can't work now. They're running hundreds of tests. And I'm telling her the tests aren't going to show anything because this is nanotechnology, right? You know, and they're not even linking it to the, the jeb. So I'm wondering, like, is this, if you get this, if you get this injection, is your blood fucked?
1: Yeah, it is. So, I can speak from someone I personally know who does all this kind of testing. It's uh, Dr. Ryan Cole out of Idaho, and he's got what's called Cole Diagnostics. And he's been able to show exactly what's occurring in the blood. He can actually show you that the tumor necrosis factor that helps stop your body from growing cancer cells in your body or tumors from growing. These shots have ingredients that destroy your ability to manage and keep down cancer growth in your body. He can prove it. Uh, It destroys it. He's seeing unparalleled ever he's, he has done personally 500,000 microscopic reviews of cancer patients and pathologist reviews under a microscope he's never seen such detrimental effects to tumor necrotic factor damage and cancer outgrowth spreading throughout the body and blood changes he, he takes you through all that he's the pathologist he's the expert in that stuff Jesus. so just enough here we know that there's enough damage from these i will say I do not believe that all the shots are the same. I do not think all the same ingredients are in all the Pfizer shots. I do not think all the same ingredients are in the Moderna shot. I do not think all the same ingredients are in the Johnson Johnson shot. When these actual companies were awarded emergency use authorization for their shots, you're allowed during that period to add to, take away, change those formulas the whole time until the FDA approval process is stamped. Then you cannot change your formula unless you fund yourselves your own research and clinical trials to prove these are still efficacious and then give them their label review of the ingredients you changed. So they're going to have to spend money to do that later. I think these companies don't mind at all being inside of an emergency use authorization. When these shots started, Moderna had two patented ingredients inside their shots. When the emergency use authorization started December 14th, 2020, there's now seven we don't even know what they are. They haven't had to be disclosed. We don't even know what's in them. So you have, I think all of them changed. I think the majority of the first shots that went out were actually saline solutions. I don't think they had anything in them, which I think was allowing for a reduced side effect or adverse event from the shots. Uh, and you could also say these aren't going to protect you or prevent you from transmitting this vet infection. Yeah, it's just salt water. That's what I personally believe. I uh, just have to tell you, that's what I think. I also think these are the lots that have been actually given to uh, our federal government executives and congressmen, if they took the shots, there's, wow. no, way, there's no way they took the real vaccines. No. No, no I mean, way. you
2: can even see the needles like fake. Yeah, on they're, some they're, of they're them. not doing that.
1: So uh, I actually think that's this is what the emergency use authorization is to their benefit, because we know they could change them. Moderna's already changed them since they started. Uh, hmm. and I don't think they're all the same. And. Uh, Anyway, all right. So I mean, so and trust me uh, Cole with his diagnosis because those that have the actual real ingredients listed on the fact sheets, mm. like for example, mRNA in the Pfizer and Moderna, polyethylene glycol two thousand in those two shots, the transgene mm. inside of Johnson and Johnson that's on the fact sheets, and then the polysorbate eighty that's on the list for the Johnson and Johnson shot. It's also in Astrazeneca. These are very dangerous neurotoxic chemicals in the shots. Mm. And Ryan Cole and Cole Diagnostics has already been able to prove multiple parts of your body are damaged. And yes, it's already proven the spike proteins you generate on your own from these mRNA shots and transgene shots. Those are proven to shed and transmit from you, the vaccinated, to the unvaccinated. So that's already proven. Mm. Uh, This is a new or controversial or conspiracy theory. This is already proven. It's already done.
2: Yeah. So just a couple two things can you comment on quick before I give it back to Grace and there's a couple of questions from the uh the the crowd um I heard you speaking and this this shocked me um not only in children we know no one really needs this there, there's no reason for this it doesn't stop infection shedding or spreading and this is basically 99.7% survivable anyway but you mentioned something about you know uh, Guillain-Bierre, Guillain-Bierre, GBS syndrome. Um, And then you mentioned um, transverse myelitis. And then in children, and then you mentioned there's a new disease, swelling of, I think, the spinal cord in the brain just for children that is happening from this. And I was like, I can't remember what it was, but I mean, can you just quickly comment to tell people that this is real and this is something new? And it's, it's not only your GBS and myelitis, transverse myelitis crippling and paralyzing things, you know, like, it's like having mad cow's disease. Um, but, you know, this sounded tragic.
1: Yeah. So uh, let's just set the stage for setting this up for you. So so we know we know what we're talking about. So you mentioned Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS. This is a neurological condition defined as ascending paralysis, which means from down up. So Legs become paralyzed and then your arms become paralyzed and then half your faces and many of them will go paralyzed like Bell's palsy or a stroke. That's Guillain-Barre syndrome. When the FDA published what reporting side effects they knew would start getting reported to the government in a document they created, the FDA, in October 2020, the first listed side effect that they knew would start being reported to the government was Guillain-Barre syndrome. They knew that this was going to be a side effect from the COVID-19 shots when we start pumping them out. And we're going to start looking into government databases to determine how safe and effective these shots are. And they had a list on a slide called slide 16 of what they knew were the most serious side effects that were going to be be start reporting to the government as a result of injuries from the vaccines, the COVID-19 shots. And they were just having an organized meeting with all the heads of the FDA to let them know. This is the side effects we're going to be looking for. We're going to do a seven-day review when the shots go out. This is the FDA's document. It's called rapid cycle analysis. Every seven days, we're going to be looking for these side effects and how many are getting reported to the government to decide, are these shots safe and effective for Americans? Well, just so you know, it's now September. It's now October 14th. Uh, we still haven't seen one of these seven-day reports on efficacy or safety since December 14th. But they said in their own report they were going to start doing this in October of 2020. All right, so Guillaume barre is listed as the first known side effect. We just defined what that is. Uh, also, we talked about transverse myelitis. That's the fourth one on that list, the bullet point, transverse myelitis. That's permanently being paralyzed from the waist down for life. Now, Guillain-Barre syndrome, 60% of all people who get it, if they do intense therapy for a year, they can recover the majority of their loss of movement. However, that still leaves 40% are physically paralyzed for the rest of their life. I consider that almost half of you. I I don't consider that a healthy thing. Now, just so you know, these are two neurological paralyzed side effects from the COVID-19 shots. And I just want you to know, if you look at any... Side effects of getting SARS-CoV-2 infection, Guillain-Barre syndrome, and transverse myelitis being paralyzed is not a side effect of getting the virus, (laughs) but it is of the solution called the vaccine. Uh, I don't see how this is beneficial. Okay, so on that same listed slide, slide 16 from the FDA's presentation, and I have it on my site, thedoctorartistshow.com, it's called the FDA CBER presentation. Dated October 22nd, 2020. Uh, they took it off their site, by the way. You can't find the link, so I downloaded it all. You've got the whole thing, just so you know. I knew they would do that once I started telling everybody where to get it. All right, so there is on that list, second to last, on the right side of that slide 16, is a condition that never existed before that you just referenced. And it's called multi system inflammatory syndrome in children. Multisystem, which means multiple organ systems in your body inflammatory, meaning inflammation of those organs in your body, syndrome, meaning it's a medical condition, in children. That's the name disease. It's not for adults. This happens only in children. They know, and the Mayo Clinic defines this as a serious inflammation of the brain, the hearts, the kidneys, the liver, the bowels, the eyes, and the skin of children. What are the complications, the Mayo Clinic says, of this new disease process defined in 2020? It can be lethal in children. This is a known side effect of the coming COVID-19 shots for children. Uh, Just so you know, they're not actually vaccinating children as young as 11 or younger right now. But if you go on CDC.gov's website and hit the search engine and type in the abbreviation for this disease, MIS C that never existed before 2020. It brings up multi system inflammatory and syndrome children statistics for American children. There's already been reported to the CDC directly over 4,000 children with this condition. There's already been 40 children die of this condition. And what they said is that this condition was created as a diagnosis in children in 2020 and they said that this was a side effect from the spike proteins found on SARS-CoV-2 virus. I need to tell you, it's interesting when you look at the graph, the graph shows that these, the majority of these 4,000 children in America that developed this neurological heart, kidney, liver, bowel, inflammatory syndrome that killed 40 of them. The spike starts in mid-December, 2020, and it peaks at the highest point in January, 2021. Do you know what started mid-December and January? They started vaccinating the parents of all these children. And those spike proteins from the vaccines are shedding on these children. It wasn't during the pandemic that this all started to be a big deal for 4,000 children. Now, these are the spike proteins being shed on from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated. It's obvious by looking at the actual graph that this is when it started. Now, Not only do we know that we're shedding spike proteins from the vaccinated, not only do we know the spike protein on SARS-CoV-2 virus can do this in some children. It's very rare. But now they want to inject 25 billion spike proteins, which is what's in the Pfizer and Moderna shot, suggested into all 5 to 11-year-olds starting this month in America. Really. When just shedding of adults being vaccinated, which they're not shedding 50 billion particles or 25 billion on their kids it's very small amounts of these spike proteins. It doesn't have to be a lot of spike proteins. Right now in the Pfizer and Moderna shot, it's 50 billion mRNA particles to create 50 billion at least spike proteins in your body. They're suggesting to do a half dose in all children of 25 billion mRNA particles, which will only make 25 billion spike proteins. Ask me if I think this is a smart idea when we know multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children never existed. Before these genetically modified created SARS-CoV-2 spike proteins were passed out on the on the masses by our gain of function research study funded testing in Wuhan labs and labs around the world. No, I do not think this is smart. I think every parent should be ashamed of themselves if they know this information and they go forward anyway. If any of your children are diagnosed with this or your maim your children or paralyze any of them, I hold you complicit with child abuse if you knew this and you still did it. And your children should be taken away from you if you knew this information still did it and then found out this is this is the detrimental side effects to your children uh, and they died or they had neurological paralysis for the rest of their life you my friend are guilty of child abuse if you didn't know and you got your children vaccinated you were just coerced or felt it was the right thing to do i don't hold you complicit but for those of you warned i do
2: yeah I mean, there aren't words. They're just, and the kids have a better chance, have a higher chance of being struck by lightning and dying. Yes, Uh, it's ridiculous.
1: COVID-19 is not a threat to pregnant women, neonates when they're born, or any children or teenagers, ever. However, when they started vaccinating teenagers in this country, myocarditis as a result is now on every insert for Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson, but the media hasn't told you that. It was asked Mm -hmm. by the FDA to hushly put it on Printed on your inserts for each of your vaccines now that a rare inflammatory condition of the heart that can be lethal called myocarditis is a risk factor for all of these. Do you know that it was also hushly put onto the fact sheets for Johnson & Johnson about four months ago? They now have listed on their insert Johnson & Johnson, which is the same as AstraZeneca, that Guillain-Barre syndrome is a side effect of the COVID-19 shots. Have you heard that in the news? Nope. But it's been no. All they say is
2: everything is safe, and kid, they're safe for kids. So I'm going to pass you. I mean, we could go on and on. So I appreciate it. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's just disgusting. So I'll pass you back to Grace. Thank you very much for your time. You're a hero to me, and I appreciate everything you do.
1: Thank you. You guys are heroes to me for just even having an audience to speak truth to.
0: Doctor Artis, to speak to the Filipino people in the Philippines, because this is from... I Mexico. love the Filipinos. So, yeah, and this person that he, she's referring to is uh, has asthma. So it's like, can you pull out a patient when he is in the hospital and not breathing and he's stuck in the hospital? And this person has asthma. And you know that in the Philippines, <clears throat> you know, money is hard. Everything costs so much, especially medication. So give them your best advice, please.
1: All right. So they asked for, is it true, Patty, that they asked for Zumab? Is that what they're asking for and not giving it? Mm-hmm. Is that the question? Is that yeah. true? Okay. I just want to make sure we're right there. Okay, great. Uh, as far as in the Philippines, I can only speak for what I know for patient advocacy here in America, but I would just say yes Go to the Dr. Artist Show and learn how to patient advocate for your loved one inside of hospitals there, too. Uh, I just want you to know that there is a World Health Organization that also represents the Philippines. The World Health Organization has a database review. Go online and pull it. It actually is titled Remdesivir and Acute Kidney Failure. Type in the words uh, WHO Database Review. Five months ago in May, they included that tocilizumab drug as a review of the World Health Organization's database review. They checked remdesivir against hydroxychloroquine and tocilizumab that's actually being used around the world as options to treat COVID-19. And what they wanted to know was, is one of these drugs more dangerous than the other based on the reporting back to the World Health Organization? Do you know what that research published article shows? It shows that remdesivir over hydroxychloroquine and tozolamizab has a reporting odds ratio of 20-fold for remdesivir. 20-fold reported acute kidney failure in five to 10 days than those other drugs. They are much safer than whatever they're giving your loved one in a hospital right now. So it is proven by the World Health Database Print out that chart and abstract. Hand it to them and say, "You need to use this drug. It doesn't create other multiple organ failure the way whatever they're giving them is." And they need to get the FDA-approved budesonide respules. It's B-U-D-E-S-O-N-I-D-E respules. R-E-S-P-U-L-E-S. In case your loved one's on a vent or an ECMO machine, you can actually put budesonide right into that system. It's a closed system. And nothing is better at clearing the lungs of all the phlegm or mucus reaction to COVID 19 that they might have, that cytokine storm. Nothing is proven better than that, and Oxford proved it. There's a reference, just speaking to you and for anyone watching and listening, if you go to budesonideworks.com, B U D E S O N I D E works, W R K S dot com, there is tons of research studies. Tons of information and resources that you can give to the hospital to suggest its use, including the Oxford study that found 90% of all hospitalized COVID-19 patients could recover just using budesonide when they were told they were going to die.
0: Thank you. And here's another question. Ask if ivermectin is for par- parasitic treatment. What about other parasitic treatments?
1: Yeah, ivermectin is for sure an anti-parasitic. So is hydroxychloroquine. Uh, any of the finbendazole family, bendazole family drugs are actually anti-parasitics. They're actually designed to rupture the eggs of parasites. So drugs like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine can kill the worms on the opposite end of those cycles. Uh, so, yes, it is an anti-parasitic. Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine as medications are anti-parasitics. Okay. However, they do have a side benefit that makes them very valuable to help get people over viral infections. They have this mechanism of action called being a zinc ionophore. Both hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin actually help assist push zinc into your cells, which is the known mineral to stop all replication of all viruses inside the cells of your body. So that's why these are beneficial. If you find ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine aren't working, it's generally because zinc supplementation isn't going in with it. Number one, they need to be on zinc. If you're gonna use ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, that's the benefit. I hope that answers that.
0: Yes, and the last one is um, about Dr. Cohen and Dr. Kaufman, and I think it's more than the two of them claim that the vaccine has not been isolated. And if that's true, could this be a bioweapon? weapon? And,
1: uh, yeah, so I'm gonna actually change that statement. They actually are asking about the virus not being isolated. Uh, not the vaccine. So Dr. Cowan and Andrew Kaufman's claim that the vaccine has not been isolated. That's the virus is what they're referencing. Uh, There is actually vaccines. They're for real, but they aren't really vaccines. Those exist. Those have been uh, created by a whole bunch of companies. But the virus, I will just tell you, I was with Dr. Ryan Cole on Tuesday night, just two nights ago. And I'm in a dugout of a baseball stadium where him and I, Dr. Mercola and Dr. Marble are gonna be speaking to an audience in Pensacola, Florida. I'm in the dugout, ready to go up onto the field. And I said, Dr. Cole, what do you have to say about these people? He has his own path lab, pathology lab. He's a pathologist. I said, what do you say to people who say the virus has never been isolated? In the dugout, he had his little uh, laptop and he goes, well, let me show you, doc. And he opens this research study and he goes, "Uh, it's already been isolated. And I said, did you isolate it in your lab? And he goes, nope. He goes, the virus has really been isolated. It is a real thing. And I said, well, you haven't isolated it in your lab? And he goes, no, you have to be a level three pathology lab to have the technology to isolate viruses. I'm only an L2 lab or level two lab. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know the difference of that stuff. So he pulled up this research study. He goes, no, I've already been pushing this out to the media and letting them know it is a real virus. It really has been isolated. I mean, if it didn't and wasn't, wouldn't it even make you more angry that we've spent $40 billion doing gain-of-function testing around the world on something that doesn't exist? Uh, no, it really exists. Viruses really exist. Uh, I have a hard time with those claims.
0: Well, thank you. And uh, is there anything more that you want to make an announcement? But your viewers from the Philippines, like Patty says, thank you. Too. And then all the others, thank you for everything that you do. Okay? Yes, I want
1: everyone in the Philippines to know I love you. You're phenomenal human beings, and I've had tons of Filipino family members that are my patients. I've been in their homes multiple times to celebrate life events and eating all of their wonderful food. They're just <laughs> some of the most amazing people I've ever met. I actually endear them. There's a bunch of them here in Texas in the Richardson area, not too far from where I live in Plano, Texas. And uh, I just have uh, the utmost admiration for their family values. They're all very close-knit people. and. Uh, they honor and love each other, which is what I'm trying to convey to the world. Uh, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have the utmost respect and love for humanity. And that's really what I'm trying to project as much as possible.
0: And to all of you, yes, thank you so much. And I know most of you are doing your things little by little in small ways. Like I I said, like my sister, Dr. Artist, that's Patty, she goes from house to house. To her friends and have a conversation she goes to the ministers and have a conversation one-on-one <laughs> it. so just, it's like visitation so,
1: I'm, I'm doing the same thing except it appears i'm showing up on people's screens all around the world
0: <laughs> and so thank you and dr artist take, god bless you and take care of yourself and kind regards to your whole family we'll do this again next time next year mm-hmm. maybe it would be a little bit better <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. All right. So I just wanted to let everybody know on this call that I uh, love you, admire you. You're all heroes to me, too. So uh, audience, whoever's watching, trust these three. They're phenomenal.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Thank you. So we'll Thank get you. the word out. We'll get the word out. Your yeah. word out.
1: I yeah, appreciate it. Thanks. All right.